Hey, Jeff Matson. Traiga mas tortillas en pronto, por favor. <laughs> Later, baby. Donde están las putitas gorditas? <laughs> um, how are we doing? Jeff, it's good to see you. It's been so... It's radio. I'm nodding my head. Uh, quite unsure of how I'm really doing. I've been drinking a lot, which is a big naughty naughty. Right, especially when you're driving from Los Angeles. No, 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 no. I'm not drinking uh, right now on the road oh, Okay. this time. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. But, you know, in New Orleans, you, you definitely increase... Your skill level, uh, that is, driving while intoxicated. <laughs> it's, uh, the, the, uh, the joke goes, how do you tell if someone's driving drunk in New Orleans? Well, they don't swerve because everybody, when they're sober, swerves around all the fucking potholes. <laughs> and when you're drunk, you don't swerve <laughs> Good. to bring attention to yourself. I believe that. I believe that. So, yeah. right. So, for everyone's information... Uh, you've been calling uh, New Orleans home for how long now? 20, uh, 23 years. <laughs> um, You're not I, that I old. I remember back when... Uh, okay, well, let's know, remember in back. In the 1990s, I uh, <laughs> had uh, gotten popped at uh, Atlanta Airport coming back from Amsterdam with, uh, you know part of a gram of organic kind bud uh-huh. I had forgotten that it was illegal in Georgia and <laughs> they popped me uh, luckily they didn't find the hundred hits of LSD I had secreted in the uh, the equipment case that uh, I didn't claim because I was <laughs> sure that they were going to search it um, so I didn't go to Georgia State Prison for or federal prison, actually, uh, for, you know, 10 to 20, whatever it would have been. But I did get a life sentence, uh, life sentenced to living in New Orleans as a result of that uh, so-called bust, the no-tolerance rule. It cost me 500 bucks. Luckily, I had it um, in cash on me, and then I decided to get a job in New Orleans just while I was visiting there um, and circumstances just arose they uh, my landlord Arabic landlords in Berkeley found my 16 foot Burmese python while I was away and of course freaked the fuck out right over it uh, the only sane one in that whole debacle <clears throat> was uh, the Berkeley police officer wow he was like don't I talked to him on the phone he's like don't worry about it I'll handle it. It'll be okay. He totally did. But long story short, it made it so I had nowhere to go but New Orleans. And it the rent was cheap back in those days. It's not anymore. The house I still have. Um, I was a renter for 300 bucks for, you know, 1,000 square feet. Wow. Yeah. So I, I didn't know that story. Busted at the uh, by custom the dog the happy little dog wagged his <laughs> tail when he s- smelled me coming, and that was that. So just just 
full disclosure here for the audience, uh, uh, Jeff is one of my dearest friends. He's a bro, and we bro down as frequently as we can, and we're doing it right now. And so let's let's go back even further. I can remember that time when uh, Vivian, I guess it was Claude, Coma at the time, uh, rented that studio space in the old neutral ground, uh, um, which they turned into recording studios uh, spaces for bands. And he booked some some time in in and. He and I went in first, um, and we did a thing. And but the the very next time, here's Jeff Matson on guitar, and and you and I hit it off so well, so instantly that you and I started a band. It was the situation where you and I played whatever the heck we wanted, right? Pure and free improvisation. And uncannily enough, we were so attuned to one another that the improvs were so focused, it sounded contrived. Right. And it, we could do whatever we wanted, but uh, playing off of one another, it, it was uh, some of the most powerful intercourse I've ever experienced. Right. Um, was that the name of our first album that still has uh, it's will be released uh, <laughs> in 2027 it's our upcoming release intercourse <laughs> yeah um actually we did some um we did some cassette albums before that though didn't we yes i think i think we did quite a few yeah quite a few yeah um those need to rear their ugly heads again yeah there's there there yes and those also will that's uh, that has to go without saying. Um, but the music's not ugly. Let's just get that crystal clear now. It's, for some, a hard pill to swallow. There aren't any notes or anything. Right. It's uh, not really. kind of uh, ambient jazz-esque, right. loungy, but some of them have vocals. free of restrictions. Some of them had vocals. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the Christmas <laughs> album, definitely. Right. <laughs> Auld Lang Syne. Uh, we did one uh, Purple Tuck and Roll album, and that was all covers. Covers of uh, old rock and roll hits. Everyone's Gone to the Moon. Uh, Goodbye, Goodbye oh, uh, by Slade. Slade and... Uh, What were oh uh, Sally go round the roses? Oh, we did. Yeah, uh, the immigrant song. Immigrant song and uh, what's that one? Uh, um, Lean on me. Oh, the Bill Withers. Too. <laughs> the Bill Withers song. <laughs> so I forgot some of those. So that's um, and of course in my room. And of course in my room. Right, that was hit. kind of a classic. Yeah. Yeah. But we retained, I think, um, the original vision of the purple hand of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And now, do we remember the the etymology of that name the same way? I remember I came up with the name the purple hand. And then um, I and it was we were going to do a party in in Ocean Beach. Ocean Beach. 
And we, I think we were already there and you and I were talking about the name and you threw down with of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, it was not me. It was a uh, combined effort of you came up with the purple hand and Casey Denenny, drug dealer to the black flag SST contingent, <laughs> came up with the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar part. But we liked it. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> In the dark, only lit by a strobe light. Pitch black otherwise, it worked. Was that our first gig? Outside of the spirit, I think we had just uh, not called us anything, but just jammed at your down there night. Oh, right. We had done that. Jerry Herrera's spirit. Right. Yeah, that, uh, that would have been November of 86. Oh, good. Good call. Uh, I, yeah. I wouldn't have even been able to come up with the year, let alone the month. Yeah, I believe um, it was like maybe even November 6th. Okay. 19, it was a Tuesday night. I I could look that up on my phone, right? Let's, find uh, let's see. I think I was doing Mondays for my down there show. Okay, it was. All right. And the idea was, of course, uh, no blues, no rock and roll, no country, no jazz. And otherwise, pretty much anything went. <laughs> Classical. You let. I, if you could bring it. <laughs> a guy good in the decent tones uh, came close to classical, I think. And they played there. And Crash Worship played there. Uh, and I think it was a pretty early. It was the pre-drum uh, Crash Worship. But. Uh, well, I, I don't remember that. But I do remember at the first, it was, I think it was the second down there that you did after I came along. Uh huh. I, th- it was a, a re- resurrection of it, as I understand it, because you had been doing that before I moved at the to whistle San stop. Diego. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't aware of that because that was, uh, before I had moved to, uh, San Diego. But the second night that you did it at the Spirit, uh, a couple of guys came by, Simon of Crash Worship, and that's how I got in that band. He saw me play with you uh-huh. at down there, and he asked me to be in the band, uh-huh. his, the new band he was putting together. So right, that's right. how that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, down there was kind of a... And I don't know if we ever got more than 40 people to come out. Um, quality, not quantity. <laughs> and... I will say, though, that every week there was a general uptick in, in the numbers that, that did that did show up. So um, there was some appreciation. I know we uh, either, oh, I think it was the Love Monsters that would wind up on some regular rock gigs. And we would pretty much clear about two-thirds of the room would head to the parking lot. and But the other third, they would stay and be super jazzed at this crazy stuff they were hearing. No ambivalence. It's not like, oh, yeah, you know, they're okay. Yeah. None, none of that. Yeah. No, it was either, I fucking hate this band, or, whoa, what is that? Exactly. And give me that anytime over, yeah, I'm pretty good. What's that? Uh, uh, I think there's a biblical uh, verse about that. Uh, um um, do unto others before they do unto you. No. 
No, it's uh, oh, I sh- I wish I could remember this exactly. It's um, um, be either hot or cold, lukewarm. I will spew thee out of my mouth, or something like that. You know, I. <laughs> wow, you sure that guy wasn't talking about porridge? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know that because East Jacob and Esau. Goldilocks, I believe, uh, it's not widely known, but. Uh, the first mention of Goldilocks is in the Old Testament. I didn't know that. Goldilocks, but I do now. Well, I know. I know porridge is mentioned. Uh, actually, it's pottage. Goldilocks and the three wise men. Esau sold his birthright for a mess of pottage, and it involves uh, um, Abraham's wife deceiving him so that. Uh, Joseph gets the patriarchal blessing and the and the uh, the mantle of and uh, of um, patriarch from Abraham and Esau. He what he just wanted to go hunting and so he didn't want it anyway. So um, what was her name? Sarah, Rachel, I forget what. And I think she was the one that uh, got Abraham a concubine as well. And, uh, but at any rate, um, it also involves my favorite biblical verse. Jacob, no, it starts off. Esau was an hairy man and Jacob was a smooth man. Hence, more evolved <laughs> something like that anyway well i we we've we've wandered here. bible doesn't tend to believe in evolution right yeah yeah um so how did Esau get so hairy then god deemed him so i think we're wandering here wandering through the desert for 40 years <laughs> and 40 nights well right um although um Let's see. Jacob, Noah, not Noah, Moses um, had a rubber posterior, according to the Bible. <laughs> That's in that deleted section right next to Goldilocks and the three wise men. It's not deleted. The- it says um, Moses uh, tied his ass to a tree and walked 40 miles <laughs> we're 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 diverging here we we're here to talk about uh, love monsters the purple hand uh you and i um i don't know the very last love monsters session was right across the street there ah chubba lubba yeah 14th and c where you parked your car and which is long since nothing departed. Yeah. Yeah, like the uh, singer slash poet of that act, Vivian Bardot. Right, which we're pretty sure is... Uh, is his. 13 years or so. Uh, last I heard from her was uh, sent me a postcard right after Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, uh, that... She had used 
the uh, the permit stamp. It was like a bulk mail out uh, <laughs> that he re-addressed and sent to me on their dime, uh, asking if I was alive. And, so you got that um, since I got anything. I, it was just a couple of years before that. I remember it was the early 2000s, two, three maybe. Um, and she sent me a video, which I still have, of uh, a Black Witch performance, um, which uh, was done topless. Oh, my. I have that tape. I've never seen it. I don't have a VHS player. Yeah. And, um, but, so I've got all of her poetry. I've got... Um, three books of poetry. I've got the um, uh, the uh, there's a play. Uh, oh, uh, Bobbles and Life on a Stick. The right, story of Bobbles, right? Devil uh, Man. Um, so right. So there's a, I, I've got, and she was prolific um, with, I mean, just the most tortured poetry. And, and song lyrics, but they're brilliant as well. I mean, from the Claude Coma days with uh, Babies in Convent Walls and how prescient was that? Cool. Cool. It's lunchtime in L.A. right now. Let's do it. Okay, we're calling Lynn Savage, who was part of the Purple Hand... Or, the love monsters. We're calling Lynn. Hello. Hello, Lynn. Hoganson. Yeah. It's Jeff Matson and Jim Call calling you live on the podcast. Oh my goodness. Hello. Hey. Hey. Hi. I don't know if you can hear me. I've I gotta stay in front of my microphone. Cool. <laughs> when when was the last time you and Jim spoke? Probably when I left California, which must have been like eighty eight, I think. I think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing a podcast right now about. Uh, well, I'm I'm interviewing Jeff. We're talking about uh, the Love Monsters. We're talking about Claude Vivian. We're talking uh, about uh, the Purple Hand. And of course, uh, um, I, well, Claude's status, Vivian's status. And I, I, I've heard that, that, that he You're has, like, I'm sorry. we're wondering what precisely, I don't remember what you told me. I think I was probably drunk with the last time you and I spoke, Lynn, um, but, uh, talking about what happened to Claude. Um, and I know at one point he lived up here in Pas, like he lived in Pasadena. Are you in Pasadena? Um, and I think um, he had done a show um, as the Black Witch, and I had seen some pictures of the show. Unfortunately, I, I didn't realize that he was performing so close to my house. I think it was in Glendale or something, Glendale, California. Um, and those are the last pictures. Uh, and then 
um, on one of the, the local blogs for San Diego, I had heard he was in the hospital. Um, but if you do a search for Vivian Bardot in Pasadena um, and you look, it says deceased. And so I am assuming Vivian Claude has, has passed away. Right. Yeah, I tried doing a similar search but didn't come up with anything. I think maybe I was searching the Bay Area, like Berkeley. Uh, that was um, probably before she moved to uh, Pasadena. I had no idea Pasadena was even in the equation. Yeah, yeah, and I think the last address was something on Colorado Boulevard, and I also believe that she was doing psychic readings um, and still has a psychic reading page. You you can't contact her at least at least not physically. Um, but so she I think mailed. That was what I heard last was was that she passed. She mailed me stuff from Col- that Colorado ad, uh, street address, so I have that. But uh, this was this would have been two thousand three, maybe at the latest. I don't remember the date, but I just remember reading on that blog that she had been in the hospital and wasn't doing well. And um, I think that was the last thing that I that I had heard. And then, like I said, I had done a search and saw that it said she was deceased. I did not order medical records or anything, which would, you know, be the definitive. Um, but that was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on a lighter note, how the hell are you? I'm great. <laughs> I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, you One, know, I, I'm not necessarily playing music anymore, but um, still go to shows, still involved in that. Um, busy, I'm, I'm up in Tahunga. I live in the, the foothills of the mountains, so I'm, I'm doing very well. Oh, yeah, that's nice up there. So we're yeah, going to send you a... Music. We're going to send you a link to this uh, to this podcast so you can hear it. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. I, I would love that. And it's interesting because I just ran across several photos from when we played, uh, when Jeffrey DeRose took all the photos for us. Um, I just ran across those recently and then found the video that we did, and I need to have it... Um, uh, converted to a DVD, but very excited to watch it again. That's the one that Keith Rad did. I think so. At the Spirit. Yes, yes, definitely at the Spirit. So I have a pretty funky version of that. I I I reached out to Keith for a better copy, but I don't think he's got anything better than what I have, or at least that's what he sort of said. Well, once I get mine converted, I'd be happy to send you um, a DVD copy. Um, and then uh, also ran into some pictures when Claude and I were doing um, poetry readings as Coma and Savage. Um, so that was those were kind of fun to look at as well. Oh, I'll bet. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Jeff, are you here in California, or are you are you in New Orleans today? Uh, I'm in uh, right now. I'm in San Diego, um, but I'm staying in L.A. Uh, for the next couple of days. Um, you and I should get together for coffee at least. Are there any shows happening this weekend? We uh, we have a family baseball game tomorrow. The Angels and the and the Red Sox are playing. But if, uh. if we talk 
line. There is a pig roast in um, Culver City on Sunday where there's going to be a lot of musicians that will be there. Um, Dave is friends with all these folks. Like, there's guys from The Obsessed. There should be some guys from The Weirdos, um, L7. So if you're interested in going to that, I can give you the address. Oh, okay, but you're not going to be able to go? No, I'm going. Oh. I, I never miss it. It's a pig roast and tie-dye party. Well, look, I'm staying in uh, Manhattan Beach, which is right up the street from Culver City, so uh, we're on. Um, Yay, good. Yeah, I'll call you after I'm done here, and we can work all that out. Sounds great. How and great Sam, to talk to you. I'm invited, too, if you want to come up. Okay, well, we'll see how that works. Uh, it seems uh, logistically that would be... St- uh, difficult, but who knows? It's so great to talk to you, though, after all these years. I know, and I was just down in uh, Solana Beach. I think it was late January. I went to the Beat Farmer's Hootenanny, and I hadn't been to the Belly Up in years. And it looks the same, and it was fun, and whole different vibe in San Diego than L.A. So we totally loved it. It was really fun. Very cool. Well, Lynn. Yeah, I was I was sad I missed uh, uh, the Penetrators reunion show. We had wanted to go to that, but it was already sold out. It was amazing. Oh, Absolutely was. I've seen Gary. Yeah, great party too. Well, well we will get together count. soon, <laughs> one way or another. Yeah, the three of us should get together uh, before it's too late. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, I agree. It would be fun. Let's figure that out. Um, yeah. Well, Lynn, I'm going to get off the phone now, and uh, I will, like I said, I'll call you a little later. Are you working today? Yes. And I have a couple meetings this afternoon, but otherwise I should be at 3 o'clock. I'm, I'm officially done for the day, so... If you want to give me a call after three, and then I'll get that address for you and send it to you. Okay. Sounds great. Perfect. Well, it's good to talk to you both. Yes, ma'am. Bye, Back Lynn. at you. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Well, wow. <laughs> she answered. Yeah, that was propitious, if I can say that. Can I say propitious? You can say whatever you want, man. You're the radio man. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So Lynn Savage um, was brought into uh, the Love Monsters. You did that, right? I did. It was one of those patriarchal moves where I was just trying to maybe, you know, hook up with her uh, (laughs) on an ungentlemanly sort of uh, pathway. but my pathway into that was, hey, you want to be in my band kind of uh, shtick. And uh, right. so it worked out much better than just hanging. OK, pay. so so yeah. you said you want to be in my band. And, and then what did she say? She said, sure. And so well, I instantly so, knew it was right. Just standing in the room. We were at some show at the Spirit. Was she a drummer? 
No. <laughs> Uh, but she quickly became one. Right. Uh, I mean, one of my all-time favorite drummers. She was perfect for the Love Monsters. Primitive, kind of like Bam Bam and uh, Mo Tucker rolled into one. <laughs> and uh, yep, perfect. Yeah, she was. You, you couldn't. You you can't uh, audition for chemistry like that. It just was a she, complete she accident. She played a, a single floor tom? With single a, floor tom with a, cr- a couple of broken. Uh, wooden dowels that uh, I had wrapped with my old underwear when I used to wear underwear. That would start coming apart sometimes and, th- and would kind of you know, on the, on the drum head, uh, <laughs> kind of flop down on the drum head, um, which was perfect. And uh, yeah, and that was a broken cymbal, if I remember right. Yeah, it was absolutely perfect. One of my all-time favorite drummers. I don't remember the symbol, but that doesn't mean it, it was. It was. It was. It was a messed up, and it was yours. I'm pretty sure it was yeah. yours. Yeah, it was a messed up symbol, but uh, super bent, broken, cracked. <laughs> we were having a lot of fun, <laughs> indeed, and trying to recreate that is is folly because it was one of those magical just accidental you know absolutely falling off a log you know and getting eaten by a crocodile it was that easy well well, and when even when we were doing covers we weren't recreating anything it was always an act of creation always so And there, there is room for more. Well, as as we proved, uh, it's about three years ago now that we did the Treehouse show here in San Diego with uh, Frank uh, Melinda. Oh yeah, the uh, Reverb uh, River Verb River Verb, yeah. And Steve Flato, uh, and uh, there was another entity. yeah, it'll come to me. All right, that noise guitar guy. Yeah. Um, that brought some people out of the woodwork. Uh, Chris Wassel and um, uh, a couple other people came out to that. That's including right. Including Jonathan uh, Glazier from Sonic Arts right. Gallery came right. to that show. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, that was an event. It was an event. House party. House party. On the hill there. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and then... And then Riververb and uh, and Purple Hand uh, and S- Steve Flato and the other guys. We all jammed at the end. Cacophonous, big band noise uh, extravaganza. It was it was insane. It was and it was beautiful. Harry James wouldn't have been proud, but it, it was. Uh, giving him a run for his money. But Ball James would have been proud. What? <laughs> <laughs> now you're back to the Bible again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, all right. So we're doing, we're doing, you know, we, we did these purple hand shows. Uh, it pretty much we were at the same time as, as the love monsters. Um, um, you, all right. Do you remember the show we did in Glendale at a Glendale art gallery? I certainly do. Uh, it was the rare oppor- 
opportunity in those days to see people from uh, Eastern Bloc Europe doing exhibitions. This was still in the late 80s. So yeah. um, Czech Republic, there was a couple of uh, artists from Czech Republic. We got hired to provide ambient music for the event. We sent them a tape. Sent them a tape. They probably never listened to it. We played maybe about 15 minutes, and the guy asked us to stop, and we refused. Um, well, we were doing the show for free. No, Just, no, we did the show for free. We did the show for free, but he gave us a hundred bucks to stop playing. Now I understood that we were going to get a hundred bucks to do it, and he gave us a hundred and fifty to stop. Something like that. Yeah, but he paid <laughs> well, us to stop. That's well, because I remember sure. that as soon as we we started, um, we were opposite the front door, and people were looking at the art, and we started, and they started moving, you know, towards the front of the building. And then they moved right on out the front door. And they so the gallery owners were like, well, this isn't what we had in mind. And I suppose not. We were loud. Um, that may have had everything to do with it because. Otherwise, well, we were brilliant. It was a hard pill to swallow for some people. <laughs> Come on, admit As it. As it always was. Which is good. Well, that's what we did. We we dispensed hard pills. Eat it or go away. Right. <laughs> so, and there were we didn't drive everybody out. Once again, it was the same old thing. There was a few, you know, that whoa, what's this kind of thing, you know? So, um, but yeah, I I think I think. Uh, yeah, I think they they paid us to stop playing. And okay, so I remember this too. They told us they came up to me. I don't know. I was on the outside edge or something. And could you guys stop playing? So fine, I'll stop. Actually, I left my synthesizer doing its thing, but it looked like I had walked away. And so, so but you just kept going. And um, so they came. Then in a couple of minutes, they come over to me and. And can you make him stop? I, I can't make him stop. <laughs> we, you know, I, I got no control over him. And so they walk away and they're flummoxed. And so then they come up and said, we'll give you $150 to stop playing. So I like that idea. And so I, I told you what was going on. And at that point, the whole thing kind of became, oh, well, that's part of the act. We'll stop playing for extra money. <laughs> Uh, life in the fast lane. That was the same night that we stopped in uh, like San Juan Capistrano on the way back for a, a late night bite. And was that the same night? I, we were with Peter Peterson, Peter Zio. And, <gasps> and uh, I was asleep in your van and some sheriff woke me up and suggested that I, he demanded that I get out of the car because I was probably on drugs in the passenger seat. That was Peter's van. And he was driving. And he was not three, but four sheets to the wind. Uh. And it was amazing. And, and his girlfriend, Sue Ferguson, uh, Sue, Del, is Sue Del Judas now, uh, who uh, he went out there. I thought, oh, Gee, we're all going down for this one. Um, 
But uh, somehow this this the cop knew he was drunk. Get out and you know did the walk on you know heel to toe and all that stuff. Look left, look right, and let's him get back in the in the car. You guys better go get some coffee before you get back on the road. You guys better go get some coffee before you get back on the road, which we did. That's what we were doing <laughs> in the first place. I think that was a different show because I don't think I think you and I just went up there to the Glendale show by ourselves. Yeah. So that would have been something we else. did. Uh, maybe it was uh, us and Peter's and Zio Voyager. I believe it was. Right. Okay. I believe it was. I'm amalgamating the two events into one. Which happens. Yeah. So many beers and so many brain cells later. I think there was pot. I think there might have even been cocaine involved. It was one of those nights. Yep. (laughs) The chivalrous sheriff's officer, uh, Sheriff. This was Orange County, too. Yeah. Yeah. Who go figure. He was bored. Okay, say I had been on drugs sleeping it off in the van. Well, that's not illegal to sleep in the passenger seat in a car as maybe I'm missing something. But if they had wanted to search that vehicle, um there was jailable stuff in there. I don't recall that. Yeah. I know there was pot anyway. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I had cocaine. Pretty sure I did. Uh, well, it, it, I am really bad at escalating situations like that. Instead of de-escalating, I think he woke me up and I was cranky, and I'm, I'm saying, what, what the fuck? I'm just asleep. I'm tired, and he was. Well, all right. So I, I remember um, he was getting ugly with me. A a a time of uh, and this probably wasn't even de-escalation, but we were playing uh, to uh, get uh, rush hour traffic downtown. Uh, we we'd set our uh, speakers pointing out the window on Broadway at, at the like peanut four, gallery. Four yeah, four p.m. A Broadway and. Six. Sixth, yeah. At at rush hour. It was a rush hour symphony. Actually, Broadway and 7th, right across the street from the Union Bank building. And I we started, and I, within like five minutes, we saw somebody. They, they, they were looking up, and they were pointing at the windows that we were pointing our speaker, speakers out at. And it looked like somebody was running back to go get to the phone. And within 10 minutes, the cops show up. We want we I, we passed out flyers for a concert with rush hour traffic downtown, and that's what we were doing. And it was an art gallery. It was an art opening. It was a, right, and it was rush hour. I mean, there was gridlock downtown in those days at at four p.m. in the afternoon. I mean, the you know half the block would get through the light, and you know it'd take two or three lights to get through the light. You know, on Broadway there. So it was, uh, it was, you know, it was rush hour traffic. Captive audience. <laughs> well, a captive audience. And, but they were making noise too. There's some horn honks. There's a lot of engine noise. And, and so uh, I, I think we have some of the recording too, pretty much. It was short. 
because the cops come up and they put you in handcuffs. I stopped playing, but once again, you refused. Once again. Well, at the time, I figured I firmly believed that it was my divine right to play music whenever <laughs> I damn well felt like it. Now, that could have been total asshole, whatever. Yes, probably. Um, if he had been nice about it and said, hey, you know, you guys, it's it's you know not okay there are people just they don't like it is there any way you can stop but that was not his approach he's like you gotta stop now well that's sorry i'm a <laughs> waving the red flag at jeff I'm, Manson. I'm like, no <laughs> no and uh he dra- i went downstairs uh onto the street and I don't remember exactly what happened, but he was walking away, and he had a uh, fever blister. <laughs> the officer did, and I said, well, you better take care of that herpes, officer. And he flipped out and threw me on the ground, handcuffed me, and kind of roughed me up a little bit. Well, luckily for me, I didn't go to jail because the gallery owner, Chris, uh, 17th degree Taekwondo black belt, well, that was his karate buddy, the cop, ah. and talked the cop out of hauling me away. For what? <laughs> Telling him he had herpes? I mean, <laughs> I guess that's uh, illegal in San Diego County. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> sorry, officer, you got a booger. Dun, 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 dun. Booger's misdemeanor. Uh, herpes, that's a <laughs> felony. It's a felony, Yeah. <laughs> Yep, one year in prison, minimum $5,000 fine. <laughs> Do not pass uh, go. That's <laughs> why well, I, to this day, uh, don't have herpes for that very reason. <laughs> so all wells that end well, ends well. All's well that ends well. We got a good recording out of it. We did, we did, yeah. which still exists somewhere. And I'm sure that cop must have got his ass kicked in the next uh, Taekwondo exposition, I'm guessing. <laughs> So I, you know, technically won. <laughs> That'd be nice to know. He's probably fat and, you know, got some grandkids now, and they're all screaming at Grandpa. Right. You know, and here I am living the life. Yes, My antique movie theater in uh, downtown New Orleans, the Happy Land Theater, <laughs> out there in Radio Land. <laughs> Anytime you're all in New Orleans, go to the Happy Land Theater. Yeah, Happy Land Theater. I'm I'm anxious, and and you're putting on some some interesting shows there too. Um, Trying to keep it in the realm of uh, more artfully done, right? Than than uh, than anything. Well, you said you you use some some uh, purple hand recordings. There in, in, is in an annual puppet festival, the New Orleans Giant Puppet Festival. Uh, it's uh, this year was the seventh annual. Uh, this wonderful lady, artist, puppeteer, Pandora, she operates the Mudlark Public Theater. It's a awesome space, tiny little corner store, ex-corner store from the 19th century, uh, converted into a theater. Well, she does uh, amazing puppetry and holds this annual puppet event. Well, these two guys from uh, San Juan... Uh, Puerto Rico, 
came, they come every year, these two brothers, uh, Poncili Creacion. They do these weird puppet things. They're, well, they're, it's themselves as puppets, human size. And uh, after Hurricane Maria, I believe it was Maria, pretty much devastated the island. Right. Pre, right before uh, that festival. And they're, uh, the guy that was supposed to do the, uh, the soundtrack for their performances in New Orleans uh, didn't have electricity, so he couldn't complete the task. And so I pulled out an old uh, Purple Hand piece from the dusty old archives and thought, oh, maybe this will work. And just, right. well, actually, I didn't think that. I knew it would work, and I just <laughs> stuck it in, and I turned it up, and they kind of didn't know what to do because it, I think it was outside of their realm of uh, familiarity for sure. Well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, it worked. It's on YouTube, Yucca Mox. Yeah, I, one word. Y u c a m a x. Yeah, uh, and they. I, it looked like it. Uh, it it brought a level of creativity out in them that that maybe they. It looked great to me. Uh, I I saw. I've seen the videos. Their so. sensibilities are pretty awesome, and seeing them this year that uh, that one that the perp you and I participated in right. uh, was last year. Well, they're the one this year. I don't even think they had a, uh, any sort of backing soundtrack. It's just their own peculiar vocalizations and their movements. Sure. Uh, their like, little shorthanded blob man with uh -huh. a weird feather face that they pull like, another creature out of his face, uh, <laughs> morphing into another kind of creature. Great stuff. Well, if somebody wanted to look at that, what would they look for on YouTube? Uh well, uh, Y-U-C-A, this is all one word, Y-U-C-A-M-A-X, Yucamax, one word. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's got something, uh, I believe the last time I checked, it had uh, 42 million uh, views. <laughs> Probably going on 43 million by now, <laughs> if I do say so myself. So that's the population of some medium-sized countries. It's, yeah. yeah. We're, we're out. Uh, you think the U.S. is imperialistic? Watch <laughs> out for the purple hand of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, baby, because we're looking for you. Uh, yeah, so, um, so much, so much. So much good stuff. So much. I mean, just good memories and good. Uh, so, I didn't even know what to. I, I don't think there's words for it, um, of, of just how it affected me psychically, uh, spiritually. Uh, th this was <laughs> morally, um, but it. It also um, puts you in into another another realm, the crash worship realm. That's now crash worship, worship morphed into something that I I haven't seen the likes of before or since. It was this tribal orgiastic uh, uh, ritual. Uh, I, I once again the words fail. Um, 
And it seemed like it really took off when the three drummers were, you know, that became a part of the of the deal. Well, the band started with three drummers. Really? Yeah, uh, Rick Farr, of, uh, this, who's the singer of Drive Like Jehu, uh, I, I'm not sure if they're still together. Well, Rick Farr was the original third drummer. Okay. And, uh, he complained, well, I, I don't want to be a drummer for the rest of my life, is what he said. And then we <laughs> got this other guy. But uh, it was uh, percussion-driven from the get-go, before there was actually ever even a live band. Simon and Marcus had put together a studio project where it was focused on... Uh, Electronics. Well, ethnic rhythms and electronics. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were into Indian, Middle Eastern, African uh, religious music. Okay. Um, yeah, and that manifested itself into a Southern California version, hyped up and uh, blown out. I mean, my background is kind of, you know, Richie Blackmore and <laughs> and Black Sabbath kind of stuff, but yeah, you'd never know it. Anyway, kind of all smashed together in the center and exploded into the crash worship thing that um, was not necessarily contrived in any way. We just kind of went with it. We start, it was uh, we it was we were discovering the same ground that everybody else was at the same time. We were driving it and focusing it centered, but it happened. But be that as it may, I mean, that, you know, got somewhat renowned. Um, and I, you know, of course, loved doing it, but my favorite music that I've ever played ever with anybody is with James Call in the purple hand of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, and that I guess that's favorite. what I was trying to to point to is that it's 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 my it's the most fertile ground musically that I landed in. Um I I I love the the Love Monsters. Um and I will say that uh obviously my sensibilities towards this kind of music and I started as a noise musician way back in 75 I've got recordings that go back that far on of, the Magnus on the Magnus chord organ yeah um uh I had a roommate that had a uh, a piano an apartment sized piano uh, missing an octave at either end so it was like 72 keys I guess and uh, I'd pound on that with my fists for hours and uh so so when I I wound up in the Penetrators the Penetrators was kind of a, a sort of an outlier in, in my oeuvre, um, and it wasn't kind of like my favorite thing to do. Uh, I, I will say, though, that I enjoyed moments of rock and roll abandon to a greater degree than probably any other, uh, any other band or any other even show that I had went, gone to, rock and roll show, with the Penetrators. So there's that. I love the Penetrators too, but Ground Zero for me musically, the Purple Hand of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, absolutely. They're different animals. They are. Yeah, they are. Um, and once again, I, as you know, like I was kind of doing this rote music with the Penetrators, and and you know that's cool. That's cool. But 
it flowed, just poured out of me with the purple hand. Pure improvisation. Yeah. Look at Coltrane. I mean, he achieved heights that you wouldn't be able to do just writing, uh, you know, writing out every phrase or, or uh, what have you. It's uh, sure they had a framework that they were working off of, but to to open up the gates and uh, leave yourself connected with the center of the universe um, is the way it makes me feel. It's uh, more powerful, and you can go deeper um, when you're u- utilizing that channeling than with uh, you know your conventional song structures are somewhat limiting uh, in that regard. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, it's hit or miss. You know, with improv, it can fall flat. You have off nights. Everybody has good days and bad days. Uh, the improv thing uh, can be not always great, but when it is really good, it's better than anything else. Yeah, that's that's my prejudice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so though, um, some pretty crazy moments though with with Crash Worship. I mean, my, I mean, I remember the World Beat Center show with. Uh, JXL comes out covered in mud, and there was liquid. I don't know what that liquid was. Uh, I, I heard stories about cheap blood or something like that. And uh, well, what was that market over on? It was either fifteenth or sixteenth. That uh, um, that I think it was a Mexican market um, over there, uh, like uh, toward the water off from market. There was a uh, that. 10th Avenue with uh, Zenny Gava and... Oh, right. Uh, that was uh, the Pain Teens. Pain Teens. Right. Wasn't it the Pain Teens and Zenny Gava? Yeah. 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 And Crash Worship, right? No. No, no. it was the Purple Hand. Oh, the Purple... Yeah, that's, that's right. Right. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that show almost didn't happen, and I just happened to be walking by. Uh, we were trying to put it on. Me and this kid, I don't remember his name, he was going to try to do it at the Alano Club, that alcoholics place over in Golden Hill. Right. Um, uh, that wouldn't have worked. Right. Um, you know, Zenny Gava being that hellzonic biometal, just, you know, wicked, deep, heavy metal kind of stuff, but noisy. Um, and then the alternative was the YWCA downtown. That wouldn't have gone over yeah. very well. Um, and then I was kind of a without a venue. Space. I was walking past uh, and the uh, roll up door to this warehouse space downtown just opened up, literally opened up as I passed by. And I looked at the fellow and I said, Hey, uh, you want to do a show in here? He said, <laughs> he said, sure. Uh, 200 bucks. I'm like, great. And there it was. So it was, had I not been walking by at that moment and had he not opened that door, it wouldn't have happened. It's, that that door opening was God speaking to you. There it was. Yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah, Goldilocks and the three wise men spaketh. <laughs> yeah, propitious. Can I say that? <laughs> Jeff. can say anything I want. (laughs) 
traiga más huevos. En pronto, por favor. Uh, you know, maybe we should do a little improv on the the uh, springs of these uh, um, microphone stands. Ooh, that looks good. Wow, that's even loud, it looks like. Oh, I'm looking at... Oh, it's picking it up on on the mic that it's hooked to. It's still uh, clipping over there. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the purple hand on mic stand strings. We still have it. <laughs> well, we'll be doing this again sometime. Um, maybe in New Orleans. Yes. I'd really like to. We invite 
you down, Mr. Call. Down there <laughs> in New Orleans, the new debut of the Purple Hand of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Spring Mardi Gras 2020. On springs. On acid. <laughs> and PCP. And, and elephants. On elephants. Can we do it on elephants? I saw this beer. I don't like to shop at Whole Foods because it's owned by Jeff Bezos. And, oh, right. Know, I don't think that guy deserves any more of my money. But I was there yesterday because that was the only option, trying to buy some uh, decent Mexican beer to go along with the ceviche I made for my mother. Oh, fucking A, dude. Yeah. Really? Sorry, don't mean to uh, say so myself, but it turned out great. Anyway, so I see this beer. It's uh, called Delirium Tremens, and their logo is a pink (laughs) elephant. (laughs) (laughs) Cutting straight to the chase. Well, all right, that sounds perfect for me. Although I'm not a beer drinker myself. Yeah. Nor am I a fan of delirium tremens. No, indeed. So, but, um, well, there's so much we could, we could talk about. And I, I guess we've given folks a, a taste of of what the the Jeff Matson the Jeff Matson experience. Trying to make me puke, Jim. <laughs> You're doing a good job. that you vomiting because you were not vomiting because i was <laughs> you heard it <laughs> you can probably smell it too now <laughs> i mean i didn't eat much for breakfast just a, a couple of sprouted pepitas y mas huevos <laughs> y uh, tortillas y chile y tomate y, uh, putita uh, blanca you know <laughs> So it was really, really nice of you to turn your mic off and cough into your hat. But we heard it anyway. All these mics are on; they're loaded too. So I don't know what you're talking about, man. It's like you know, you're trying to make fun of me and shit. I'm just fucking here, just trying to make what? A, trying to make a, you know a good what? radio show and shit. What? I'm, I'm fucking, you know, you're just trying to like make me feel like uh, you know, um, you know, like I didn't really puke. You get or rocks something. in your mouth. Didn't really puke. What are you talking about, man? I fucking puked. You saw it. 